What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Late Takes. I am your host, Tanner, and with me this week for a special Halloween episode is my good friend, Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tanner. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, nobody usually asks back how I'm doing. It's usually like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And it's just like, period. Wow. wow. A lot of a lot of your other guest hosts are, quite frankly, monsters. <laughs> Some would call them fiendish. Oh. <laughs> and Chris, I, I've brought you here today as um, Twitter's number one expert on the fiend, at least in my eyes. Uh, and that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the fiend, F- uh, fiend matches, fiend promos, fiend lore, um, everything revolving the fiend. <laughs> Don't ask me why this is the Halloween episode. Uh, but frankly, when we thought of the idea, I thought it was really funny and it, it it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has been in the works for like months and months now at this point yeah this was in the works before the podcast ever officially launched i think this was maybe god like the second podcast i ever put down on the spreadsheet of podcast episodes we initially talked about doing a podcast on the fiend like last winter yeah when i was originally going to launch the show yeah so it's been like almost a year at this point yeah a lot has happened in the world of the fiend since then i mean yeah, I, I, I assume we're not going to talk about like this is solely the fiend we are talking about. Yes. So, so we're not getting into the offshoots. We're not going to be talking about like Alexa Bliss stuff, though. I, I assume she will come up. She, yeah, she um, is. She does play a crucial role in fiend lore. Yeah, but she. We will not be diving into the Thor of Alexa Bliss. <laughs> so we're we're here to talk about the fiend and all things fiend tonight on this very special episode of the late takes um i, I don't really know where to, i mean i i guess for the fiend you have to start at the beginning yeah yeah like the weird i think it was literally the raw after mania 2019 that these like little vignettes started popping up yeah, and like the the first vignette is like because I I because at the time I say at the time this was only like two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. but like this was still when like you could watch the Raw after Mania and like this it, is you were this is before AEW it existed, but before it was on the air and yeah, before there was that alternative, a lot of us on wrestling Twitter were still watching Raw weekly because it yeah. was the thing to watch. Yeah, like, uh, like at the time, like it felt like if you were not watching Raw, you were like missing, which is crazy to think about because this, like I said, this was only two and a half years ago, and like a Raw after Mania, but especially like before COVID, where like before they were stuck in the Thunderdome for over a year, like people people watched Raw. I mean, like we like a lot of people in our circle that do like no longer watch like raw or even smackdown in some cases they're like watching this on television yeah like pretty much everyone and a lot of people in our circles i should say have stopped like they'll check in now and then with wwe but this was like the last period where people were still like tweeting about it weekly about raw yeah, I, I feel like you can make a correlation, not to say that the two are related, 
but you could make a correlation of the career of the fiend and our specific bubble on Twitter's uh, interest in weekly WWE content. Yeah, and I think you have to start asking, was The Fiend so good that, like, by comparison, everything else seemed just terrible, and that's why we uh, got away from the product? Because, like, everything compared to The Fiend on those shows was just dreadful. Well, <laughs> it's funny. Chris, I don't know if you read the comments on, like, all the promos and stuff uh, that we watched for this, because we we watched a lot. Oh, I did, <laughs> I did not look at any of the comments i should have also i do while we're bringing that up i want to give a shout out and i'm sorry if i'm butchering the pronunciation of your name cause uh cause rush who has a one for 148 video playlist uh chronicling the fiend that both of us used a lot yeah like th that was used like for i would say 90 percent of the research for this because like I was like, oh, like I get on Twitter every week, you know, there's not, and I, I had seen like a lot of like the bigger fiend promos and I've watched a few of like the bigger matches. I guess I didn't realize how deep fiend lore went until like you sent me this uh, Google doc and was like, these are just the essentials. And the Google doc is like multiple pages long. Yeah. There, like, there's so, there is so much lore because they were dedicating like, five minutes a week just to firefly funhouse yeah and like like so this first teaser i mean it's literally a teaser but it's still like a minute long it's just of the the buzzard puppet which we would go on to later be named mercy like just like laughing but then like coughing uh in like this cardboard box and like it starts like with a like a maniacal laugh and then it just kind of tampers off into this cough and I remember everybody at the time was like, oh, this is definitely like a Bray Wyatt thing because it was so, I mean, it was pretty obvious from the get go that it was like, oh, they would only strap something, this beast to Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, like, and especially the second week when they debuted the puppet, uh, Abby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, right away, people figured out it was Bray. I mean, like, once you figure out the bird is a buzzard, it's pretty easy. Um, yeah, because, okay, so the puppet does not, just the head, and without being told it's a buzzard, your immediate thought goes to turkey. Yeah, it looks, <laughs> Mercy the Buzzard does look, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the B-movie, uh, Thanks Killing, it's a, uh, how, uh, Thanks. Uh, is Thanks Killing a, a B movie? <laughs> are, are, is that the definition of B movie now? Is Thanks Killing? I, I mean, I'll I'll call it a B movie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, but the low budget horror comedy Thanks Killing, yeah. Mercy the Buzzard looks a lot like that, and it was very hard for me to let go of that uh, when it first started. Well, even like the caricature for Mercy the Buzzard, like in the Firefly Funhouse, like cartoony art, still looks like a turkey to me. Like n nothing about it screams buzzard. Yeah, I might, I might go more in the way of like a vulture 
Sure. I mean, Which, you're not automatically thinking of buzzards in the first place. Yeah. Unless you were like <laughs> deep into Bray Wyatt lore and you're like, well, that's obviously a buzzard because that's the only bird he ever talks about. But uh but yeah, I mean that was all that was also a really I don't want to get on too many tangents, but that's a really weird raw because I think at the same time like these vignettes started was when Mojo Raleigh had those like mirror promos uh where his face was all blue and like he cracked a mirror and he was like going to be evil and they quickly got rid of that. Yeah, like I I think I I don't know if it it sounds like it was around that time. It's the last time I remember Mojo like actually being on TV. Uh, because like he was gonna do like this evil eye thing, but then they like dropped the gimmick, but he still came out to wrestle matches on like main event or whatever with the eye thing, but he was like still a baby face. Yeah. He just had the eye makeup. They were they were throwing so much at the wall during this time and yeah. A lot of things didn't stick, but I'm glad the fiend did. So, uh, yeah. Let's... So you, so you, we get from like the fiend, like the teases, and then I swear I remember them like teasing the fiend stuff for way longer than they actually did. But Firefly Funhouse debuted two weeks after the first teaser. Yeah, looking at the dates, I thought it was like legitimately a month re replaying the vignettes, but it was only a couple weeks. Yeah, like I thought, I mean, like the I, the Fiend's first match is at SummerSlam in August, and we're talking April right now. I really thought like Firefly Funhouse was like a late June thing. Like I thought they spread it out for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I guess, goes to show how long it felt. I don't, I don't, man, because like Raw, Raws at these time were like already on the decline. Like from, I, I don't even know what you want to say. The peak of Raws were probably like the Shield Trio stuff was probably like the last time Raw was like a must watch on a week to week basis. Yeah, like you could probably maybe stretch it to like when twenty fifteen to like at the very end with like the Kevin Owens debut and. Like yeah. New Day was really, really hot. And yeah, Cena doing Sasha his open challenge were about to debut. Yeah, yeah, and like, and their stuff on TV was good, but this is definitely like the the decline before what would the really steep decline. That's just like a straight line down. Like at least there was still like some decent stuff on Raw week to week. I guess there still is to an extent, but like when you're in a place called the Thunderdome for over a year, it just you really take a head dive. Oh, for sure. Um, so the Firefly Funhouse, uh, it debuts. And <laughs> my favorite comment under the video was like, wow, this is like if you combine, oh my God, it's like Mr. Rogers and like Freddy Krueger or something. And like it had like 10,000 likes on the comment. And everybody <laughs> in the comments, everybody in the comments is just like, God, Vince McMahon is like a genius. This is, uh, or oh, it was either like Vince McMahon is a genius or people being like, man, you know, Vince is pissed that this got more over than anything else on his show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's so weird to look into because like YouTuber, like wrestling fans and Twitter wrestling fan, like our circle versus like people that comment on every WWE upload. 
two drastically different audiences. Yeah, that is that is an entirely different world that I'll never even pretend to understand. And and there's probably like a few people that overlap in into that world, like <laughs> that, that are probably both that are like within our peripheral on Twitter, but also just like I have to comment on this Firefly Funhouse vignette from two years ago in July of 2021 because I just need to let them know uh, that I'm still a fan and I believe in the fiend. But the the Firefly Funhouse debut is like Chris I. This is the moment where I was like, maybe this wasn't so bad because I'm watching it and I'm like, because it's so different than anything that's been on the show since or like even like a few years prior. Like I'm watching the Firefly Funhouse like debut segment and I'm like, I hate that. I kind of like this. Like it's it's pretty good. (laughs) It's good. The like the first couple months of the Firefly Funhouse was easily the best part of those raws i would that's what i was looking forward to the most when i was watching raw i was going to be i i'm already a i was already a bray wyatt apologist i was a truther yes uh so i really wanted him to get a w and like these were just so bizarre and fun and different from everything else that was on the show that I just, I just loved it. Like, yeah. So I, I'm in the same camp as you. I was also a Bray. Now there was points in Bray's career where I was like, God, this is just like, like him constantly getting matched up with Roman when they're both at like their lowest, when like Roman's not over at all. Uh, even though Roman's like a good wrestler um, and like brave was like definitely on like, not on the best of terms with the crowd at the time but like i was always like a like i love the the cena wrestlemania match that bray and uh cena had at wrestlemania 30 i believe third i believe 30 is correct but like i love that match the 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 danielson stuff that bray did the shield wyatt stuff is good uh the one week they teased bray and roman being a tag team was sick uh, I mean, like Bray the, had a lot of good stuff. The Orton feud before the Orton feud was bad. Like yeah. when Orton was a member of the Wyatt family, that was a yeah. really fun, like three weeks before they messed it up. Yeah. I was actually at that WrestleMania with the, with the worms in the ring. Oh, beautiful. That's one of my favorite <laughs> matches ever. I'm in the, I'm literally in the stadium as they project these worms into the ring. I'm like, man, this I don't know if this was worth my one very of the biggest, expensive ticket. One of the biggest burials I've ever seen. Uh, and I don't even know if that's the worst match uh, Wyatt and Orton had together. I don't even know if it's that close. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not even one of their three worst matches. They they had had, they've had a lot of ups and downs. Those two. Yeah. That, yeah. I feel like that's like the Orton MO with like these like people he's hitting for a second time in his career, like the edge stuff uh, is kind of like definitely like hit or miss. Like people either very much love that shit or very much just not in it like at all. And they think it's like all time bad stuff. There's not really a in between, but anyways, the fiend uh, (laughs) there's probably going to be several little tangents on, on things throughout, but uh, just rest assured all fiend here. 
we're properly. I, I I think too part of us wants to talk about more than the fiend because this has been the only wrestling stuff I've consumed this week is fiend. Yeah, I've I watched like AEW last weekend, but other than that, it's really just been fiend uh, preparing for this. I watched a little bit of the Saudi Arabia show today, but it was mostly on in the background while I was watching. 80 fiend promos in a row <laughs> yeah and whose brain wouldn't that melt just because god it's just with the fiend people need to understand with the fiend like too like because you know people in our circle now like the fiend's kind of just like uh like a bit it's like oh it was the fiend it's so funny the fiend was extremely over these yeah. first few months like i mean pr- probably like no bullshit maybe the most over thing on the show like from a week, like even going into like these matches that we laugh about, that we'll laugh about later, like the the Rollins match in in the cell, or like the SummerSlam debut against Finn. I mean, Finn was he over. Was, he was hot. He was selling yeah. a ton of merch. Oh yeah, like probably one of like WWE's biggest movers of merch in 2019. I would say, if not the biggest. Yeah, I I am not speaking authoritatively on this, but I remember like hearing that it was like new day type numbers like new day cena type numbers like yeah yeah and and this is at a time where like i mean you're talking about april 2019 i mean you're coming off the heels of taker uh doing a couple of matches lesnar's there goldberg's there new day is still extremely hot in 2019 kofi just just won the title yeah i so I mean, like this is not a joke. I mean, like Fiend was doing like legit like gangbuster numbers, uh, which is kind of sh- I I wish and if I would have thought better, I would have done it to research like the quarter hour ratings if you can even find those now. The quarter hour ratings for the Fiend segments. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like on Brandon Thurston's Twitter, there's somewhere or something. Oh yeah, I'm sure. If I wanted to dig through two and a half years of Brandon's tweets, yeah, uh, I'm not doing that, but. Uh, I'm sure the Fiend segments were like doing pretty decent, if not maybe the most viewed thing on the show. Yeah, because you you really did either. It got even more polarizing as it went on, but like, yeah, it was a very much love it or hate it thing. But the people mm-hmm. that loved the Fiend loved the Fiend. I love the Fiend. Yeah, uh, and so like, and like on a week to week basis. Like, even take out, like, the Mimi, like, oh, we love The Fiend. Bray was cutting, like, really good promos. Yeah, they're, like, he's very charming. They're, Mm -hmm. like, they're dumb, but they're funny. Yeah. Like, it's, he really nailed the character here. Yeah, like, like, I, I couldn't imagine anybody else doing this this specific kind of character like i feel like to an extent this is going to sound like a weird comparison but i feel like right now dexter loomis and nxt they're trying yeah. to make they're trying to make him the fiend without the fiend if that makes sense like he's trying to be like the weird serial killer mr rogers vibes yeah but and, he, and he doesn't pull it off marriage. near as well yeah and and like loomis i think he does a decent enough job on that but yeah it uses like the thing about Bray Wyatt, and which is why I was a truther for so long, even though he had so many valleys beforehand, he is an extremely charismatic performer. 
Yes. Uh, like you, you can't deny just like the natural charisma and like even even like talking about how it like if it runs in the family. Bo Dallas was extremely charismatic. I mean, say what you want to about his in ring, but as an actual like entertainer performer, Bo Dallas was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Bo Leave was super over in NXT. But Bo Leave is probably still one of like the three most over things in Full Sail ever. Yeah, like I firmly stand behind that. Um, but talking about like these good promos, like this, uh, promo we, we have labeled dark secret where like, he's going on about how you don't want to see, you know, the darker side, uh, you know, there's like a demon living within him, And it's really weird too, because like he, he specifically refers to like the Wyatt family era Bray as like this fat greasy monster, which I find really weird, uh, because they, it's the same guy he looks the same i mean <laughs> yeah he he maybe like turned a little bit of fat into muscle but he yeah like he overall has basically the same build yeah like his beard is trimmed um <laughs> trimmed up and he has different hair uh he has dreads but that's he's, he's wearing yeah. outfits that flatter him more yeah yeah he's wearing like sweaters and and jeans instead of like an apron and hawaiian shirts and like the i will say hawaiian hawaiian shirt white pant era bray is amazing yeah do not get me wrong but it's so weird like he's referring to like this dark character is like oh he's fat and like he, he kills a cardboard version of the wyatt family bray with a chainsaw which is like a thing like in this peewee were like peewee herman house he just has a chainsaw he kills it and like everybody and like i i think i also forgot with like the firefly funhouse promos they had like the laugh track yeah and sometimes even kids <laughs> yeah yeah and, and like occasionally there's like actual children Which, and it's so weird those were those were always great like that like the blank stares of kids as like who are in this weird like murder kind of house fun house blues clues messed up thing mm -hmm. like uh just seeing them stare blankly into the distance i always thought that was a nice touch uh whoever and... got like the producer's kids to do that was a great move yeah, and this is going to sound like I'm being like condescending or like bidding, but I'm not. The fi the fiend stuff in like Firefly Funhouse was definitely way too smart just to come from Vince. Like I fully believe like Bray like really wanted to make this character work. Oh after yeah, so I remember like Bray had a good amount of input on yeah. these segments and a decent like a decent amount of creative freedom. Yeah, but I I want to talk about before we actually get into like proper fiend, like the, la the like the last big thing before proper fiend, and that's the uh, the first iteration of the muscle man dance. I love the muscle man dance. I love pulling up my pants. Pull up your pants. Do the muscle man dance. But also like going back to like I, the like the body image thing. Like I definitely feel like because I just being a like a bigger guy like because you hear this about every like big guy that gets released from wwe they're like oh we wanted him to lose 600 pounds or whatever and like bray is like saying like t talking to the pig puppet whose name is huskus 
um, is like, oh, Huskus, you're too big and you're you're too fat and like you'll never be over. And then they go into the muscle man dance. And it's just like a it's like a weird like thing that I like I hung up on with like these first Firefly Funhouse promos. And it kind of goes away a little later on. It comes it comes back for the Cena feud, but it mostly goes away. But it's like the fiends and I'm not trying to get like way deep into the like the fiend and Bonnie Im- image here. Cause like, I'm, I'm not smart enough to articulate that point. Um, but it's really weird to see like on a week to week basis, like Bray being like, Oh, like you're like that, like that being the reason the fiend exists is because I, I don't know. It's like a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't know if you picked up on it, but yeah, I mean, it's the fiend overall. Like it's a, extremely self-aware and a lot more introspective than wwe tv is allowed to get unless yes unless they're like trying to play off something on the headlines Mm -hmm. like like this is the debut segment for puppet vince yeah and who becomes like he's a crucial fiend character yeah like very crucial in in fiend lore and but like watching like because it's funny too like the muscle man dance like the graphics they use are like very cheesy like it's like very like ms paint level stuff that's just like over the slides but like bray and huskus dancing with the skeletons in the background is like top tier cinema like that is my movie of the year that is my best picture (laughs) Yeah, I'm putting the I'm gonna put the Muscle Man dance on Letterbox and. Oh my! Do you think I would almost bet you could probably it wouldn't stay up there long, but you could definitely get like the WWE like supercut of all the Firefly Funhouse episodes put on to Letterbox. I mean, I mean, the Fiend has been often compared to David Lynch. <laughs> He's so, very lynchy. <laughs> yeah, it's very lynchian. I was wondering how long it was going to take for that to come up. I I bit my tongue out and saying the word lynchian a few times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was always that was always the people who like. I mean, I take the fiend very seriously, but the people yeah. that were taking it too seriously, originally, this is just like David Lynch. Yeah, this... and so yeah, I'll put. It'll Orwellian esque. I'm gonna get uh Muscle Man Dance. We're gonna get higher rated than uh Twin Peaks of the Return on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will say one of them's a movie and one of them's not, but you be the judge of what I'm talking about. But um it it's so but it's it's really weird because like what and like I, I swear it's gonna sound like I'm bidding, but like I and maybe I was just in the right headspace to sit down and watch like six hours of fiend content in a row. Um, but like watching it, like it's much better written than prior to his in-ring debut, much better written than like, I think people want to give it credit for. Yeah. It was like, it was great entertaining stuff. Um, like I wasn't saying like, it does nail kind of the vibe of like, not David Lynch, but like a Tim and Eric type sketch probably probably not as good as tim and eric but like of that similar vibe yeah and because like 
again, like it, it's funny too. Cause like, we're still talking, like people still like bring up the fiend for stuff. And like, people still like talk about the fiend and people seem like there, there's one fiend thing that stands out in people's minds. I cannot tell you anything else that happened in 2019 WWE. Like at all. I mean, besides, uh, okay. Kofi winning the title. Kofi but, like, winning the title. Kofi losing the title. Yeah. I was about to say Kofi losing the title in seven seconds on the debut SmackDown on Fox. Was Ra- was Ronda around in 2019 still? I think she was um, for a little bit. Did, hold on. Did they not? Did Ronda Charlotte Becky main event 2019 Mania? In fact, I know they did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was the same mania. Yeah, so yeah, I guess Ronda would have been around at least for the first part of the year. And Man, so yeah, crazy. that would have been around this like Becky got huge that year too. Yeah. I mean also I wasn't watching week to week in 2019. Yeah. I, I haven't watched week to week WWE in probably five years at this point. Um like I would would occasionally like still watch a raw somebody asking me to watch a raw now would be like pulling my teeth out there's just i i couldn't do it i don't think i was still watching weekly at this point oh my goodness Uh, you're braver than i am it took until around that summer Mm -hmm. that i fell off uh speaking of summer you know you have your summer of punk you have you know the nexus debut angle in the summer but when I think of summer and wrestling, I think of July 15th, 2019. Oh, that's the fiend. <laughs> I also think of that. The word the fiend debuts for the first time. Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Chris, do you want to like kind of lay the scene for us? Yeah. So uh, Finn Balor is a pretty big deal uh, in 2019. He's getting getting kind of hot he's wearing his like white trunks they're really going for the uh for the female demographic uh, yeah this was the time they were going uh full hog with finn yeah they were going whole hog on finn Balor, and eventually uh bray started antagonizing uh bray or finn Balor. uh he was attacking various uh like legends he attacked mick foley and kurt angle and because he wanted really revenge on finn balor from unfun like unfinished business they were going to have that demon versus sister abigail match that never happened yeah Uh, because that that's when like everybody got like meningitis like in 2018 is that what bray had i i don't remember i he it was something crazy because that was like the pay-per-view that got like angle like teamed with the shield because roman was out and they put aj in the spot of bray so they ran balor versus aj and this is all in like six days notice yeah um yeah that that was crazy i want to say I really want to say it was something crazy like meningitis. That may not be the case, but I feel like it was something wild like that. So, yeah, like Fiend started emerging, attacking Finn Balor and all these other guys. uh, And eventually it 
culminates at SummerSlam. We've seen The Fiend, like, he's appeared as The Fiend, but we haven't seen The Fiend wrestle. Uh, yes. And so Ballard comes out and he does his, like, grandiose, like... Not as Finn, the demon, Finn Balor. Not as the demon. Just Finn Balor. Like, his normal uh, entrance. And then The Fiend comes out and... Uh, he is carrying a lantern of Bray Wyatt's head. And that is got, sick. Yeah, Wait, it like is it actually looks really sick. cool. It is extremely sick. There's a reason mm-hmm. like the fans were cheering holy shit for this. Like, yeah. It it was so crazy, just the lighting, and he had the spook even like spookier version of his theme song. Mm-hmm. And which was also really good. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is also before uh, what we would come to know as fiend lighting. Uh, yeah, we don't get fiend lighting until a little bit later. Yeah, so th- this is like a fiend match in like just regular lights, which is weird. But I mean this this match is a squash. Like I mean the just the fiend yeah, theme rolls over Finn Balor. I think the I think the funniest thing about this. So like I like the fiends move set is not like Bray's regular move set at least not at first, not in this debut match it's not now he still does like sister abigail that's like his big thing and he still does like a couple of Bray's taunts but like i mean the fiend's move set for the most part are like boots and like uranage or uranagis and like stos and the core it's really weird like and jarring and like he still hits like the Bray senton too but like it definitely like incorporated more like big man moves like yeah. big boots and stuff uh which is really funny because again the the fiend is not any bigger than bray wyatt um or any taller for that matter but i mean absolutely just murder. and also i forgot about the fiend's like neck break thing that he yeah. does where he just twists his, his opponent's they, neck but his opponent having, sells it <laughs> they were having like the fiend snap people's necks man yeah. <laughs> And this is just like two years ago. I mean, this is very recent stuff. And yeah, like, I mean, he's bra- and But it's so funny, like, because I think it, it, like in the Finn match, I think he does the neck thing and goes for a pin. And I, and I think Finn breaks or Finn breaks out of the pin at two. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know what that move is supposed to be. Because like. Uh, there's only so fast you can do it. Like you can like the fiend can move the fiend's hands and Finn can twist his neck. And like, there's just no way to make it look good, but he continues doing it. He does it in like every this first year. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a spot that does not really work because no. you can't actually snap someone's neck. No. Uh, do Contrary to popular belief, professional wrestling is uh, a scripted sport. And there, there's no way that you can just there, – there's nothing – I mean, there's so many other things he could have done to be like – I don't want to say as impactful as breaking somebody's neck – but at least look good and look painful. Yeah, because also like after they snap the neck, like you said, they that's not the end of the match. Yeah, it's never a finish. And sometimes it's like a transition spot. 
like uh, I don't mean to jump ahead for here, but at the at the the Crown Jewel 2019, the Saudi Arabia show, he does it to Seth as like a transition spot where they're like they're both on the announce table. Yeah, there's he, a good chunk of match after that. Yeah, and like he does it, Seth like rolls off the table, but Seth gets back up and like has a comeback and everything. <laughs> and it's just like what the hell is happening? Um, but I will say, uh. The Fiend got his fingers in there for the mandible claw. Like, (laughs) I mean, Finn was munching on some fingers for this mandible claw because you could not see this man's knuckles. He he was not doing a worked mandible claw. There was fingers down Finn's throat. Yeah, they they needed that to be more impactful. They because I I noticed like I. That is one of the deepest mandible claws I've seen in a while. Yeah, he did. I mean, I'm serious. Like, you cannot see the fiend's middle two finger knuckles. Like, I, I mean, mean, I mean, I mean, I get it. Finn was wearing the white, white trunk. Looking <laughs> good. Finn got a little excited, but good lord. I mean, it it was deep, and and it does kind of like lean back a little bit later, but like Bray goes like pretty deep for several of these mandible claws in this like first like initial fiend run he goes all out yeah he yeah. Has, like some of the ones he was doing to stuff too yeah yeah like I, I like i honestly don't know how like somebody didn't throw up yeah <laughs> like, i have i have a terrible gag reflex yeah right? i have an awful gag reflex like i mean like i can just be brushing my teeth sometimes and i'm just like oh god i don't know how you can just have like like a full and not like the worked manual claw where you like hook under the bottom jaw it's like just full full in there and it's just like man what (laughs) i don't know if i could be getting paid and it's also like kind of gross too because the fiend wears gloves yeah those gloves have been like touching touching all that stuff around the ring and like and maybe it's just like post-covid brain but like I'm just like oh my god you couldn't pay me enough to do that and I think I, th- I think it's just like get like being like in like not post COVID but like in a world after COVID like I'm just like yeah so like you're touching steel chairs and like th- th- touching stuff at the ring and the ring post and the mat and the announce table and bells and well, uh, and steel chairs and that's, then you, yeah that's just how twisted the mind of the fiend is. <laughs> The the, the, fiend, the fiend's main goal is to just get his opponents like really sick. Yeah. Like, oh, now you're gonna have a three day head cold, motherfucker. Finn, Finn got so sick he uh he got sent to NXT. Yeah, he had to go to NXT. Because did this not write Finn that off wrote Finn TV? off for from uh WWE main roster TV. Shit, really? Man, I I guess I didn't realize how long Finn was in NXT again for. Yeah, because that was that was the thing with the start of the fiend. He was he was, he was sending people to hell. <laughs> yeah, he was sending people to Christian hell under the ring where Cain lives. Yes, uh, and uh, like I lost. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh no, you're fine. But that's so. I, I guess we should roll into like the Seth Rollins duology of matches the hell in a cell match and the crown jewel match oh yeah because that's that's what i was getting at i was like they were kind of showing that if you wrestle the fiend that you were going to be different afterwards yeah like 
Finn had to go to NXT. Seth Rollins had to do soul searching after this. Like this is the fiend was the impetus of like turning uh, Daniel Bryan face again. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the fiend, like, I mean the whole Messiah character that Seth still does, it was caused in storyline by the fiend. Like by these, by these two matches. Yeah. Which I don't, God, Chris, I'm watching this hell in a cell match yesterday. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so this is like fiend lighting so keep in mind hell in a cell it, it is dark and it is red and it's just a very unpleasant experience to view like as a viewer but then like the actual match itself because the last i do not remember this lasting this long because i actually wrote a review for this match i think my review says and i quote this is the worst match I've ever seen in my life. The match, the last probably 10 minutes of the match is just Seth constantly looking at his hands. Yeah, and it is. Doing the why am I so violent and continuing to that. and continuing to get more and more like over the top. Like he hits him with like that. And I actually did forget about this. They actually do like faux headshots with the chair. Mm-hmm. Like fake, like it's actually pretty good. I don't know why they don't do it more often because it actually looks like pretty good. But then Seth just goes over the top and essentially just keeps stacking stuff up on the fiend. Yeah, when I'm, he goes wild with the toolbox towards the end, like yeah, he goes wild with the toolbox and then he like the final like concoction is like the fiend's laying down and this is after taking like 15 curb stomps this is after the fiend mallet which is a whole other piece of lore oh my god i love the fiend mallet the fiend mallet is really good like he takes the curb stomp on the fiend mallet and also i love seth gets hit in the midsection with the fiend mallet and literally like starts making sounds like he's gonna throw up yeah like like it's not even pain it's just like like starts gagging Seth Rollins is already like in the normal Seth Rollins match. It's too much like faces and acting like exclamation point, all caps acting from Seth Rollins. Like he's just one of the worst at doing that kind of stuff. And he really goes for it in the fiend matches. Oh, for sure. Like I, I, I have this joke. I, I don't even know if I've ever told it on the podcast or anything, but like this joke that Seth is the architect, but he's the architect of like current day and, or I guess like 2018, 2019 NXT of just like, cause I feel like Seth is like the first person I can remember doing the, like, why am I so violent stuff? Even when he was in the shield, he did it just, but people liked the shield. So I guess nobody really cared. And I guess at that point it was still new. But like Seth, there's a an immediate straight line you can draw from Seth Rollins to Johnny Gargano. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and like your Adam Cole and stuff of like a what? Why am I so violent? And like it's how it, how like, far to the limit will this man go to get a win? Yeah, it's <laughs> and oh my god, Chris, I swear I forgot the thin. <laughs> it, it one of the most baffling to sit decisions to have a disqualification of a hell in a cell match <laughs> like because that's like, how the final, far the fiend takes you yeah that's yeah that's where the because the ref is like yelling at seth seth don't do it this isn't you this isn't you we have never seen this referee and seth rollins interact ever 
Uh, and this ref is just screaming, this isn't you, Seth, this isn't you. And the fiend is laying under a ladder, a chair in the toolbox. And then Seth hits the toolbox with the sledgehammer. The bell rings. The crowd immediately shits on it. Cause again, the fiend in this match is more over than Seth Rollins yeah, by like, a considerable margin. They like they people wanted, wanted the fiend to win this. Yes. Uh, because you don't want to go to a hell in a cell pay-per-view. It, it, I mean, it's one thing to see a bad Hell in a Cell match. It's another thing entirely when it's already like shitty lighting. And I, I you, there's no way you can see anything good in the arena itself. But on top of that, this match goes like 30 minutes and it ends in a disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, just, it's and like, and the reason they do it is because I guess they wanted the, the belt to change in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that was so. That was the decision. But oh my god, I put in a third person in that match or something. Like how? Oh my god! Like I'm I'm watching it and like so after all that because at this point the fiend has been laying down for like ten minutes. He keeps kicking out of all the stuff, all of the why am I so violent moves, but he is just laying still. Well, they're trying to put a character named the fiend on a fucking stretcher, this demon from hell. They're like, we have to take him to the hospital. He's dead, obviously. And he gets up and attacks Seth <laughs> and walks out. Yep. What, what do you think the cage match rating of this match is? Oh God. I'm going to say, if I know my cage match heads like I think I do. Um, I'm going to, can you be under a one? Yes. I'm going to say 0.87. You are 0.01 off. It is a 0.88. With Holy shit. A hundred votes. Wow. Uh, Dave gave the match minus two stars. Meltzer gave it minus two stars. Minus two. Chris, do you happen to have a, a maybe a uh, maybe one of our cage match head reviews like up in front of you at the moment, like that you could read and why they would have given it one star? I I don't remember. I'm sure I remember the, like the Meltzer rating being bad. I don't remember it being minus two stars. There's nothing funny I'm seeing looking at the reviews. Oh, so if it's far. nothing funny, it's, don't worry yeah. about it then. I was really hoping this for a lot of funny. wow. This is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Zero stars. Yeah, and I. Like the work up until Seth does his tribute to, you know, Triple H, I guess. I don't even know. Uh, the match isn't like atrocious. Not, yeah, it's goofy, but it's not, it's not like insulting to watch. <laughs> uh, but those last 10 minutes are, uh, pretty bad. Like, yeah, if, if the match was 12 minutes and it had a finish. Sure, but like, if you made it good, and like Seth, is, like especially for Rollins, I, I, God, like WWE high, oh, man, Seth Rollins is like the super underrated worker, and I just don't, I don't get it. Like Seth, Seth is a fine, perfect, perfectly capable wrestler. I never want to see him wrestle more than ten minutes. Absolutely in a, sing not, yeah. in a singles match. Like I, I, I don't want it. I think the, the most I've ever enjoyed Seth as a singles competitor is probably the triple threat 
with Brock and Cena. Yeah. Um, where he just gets literally tossed around the whole match. He busts out a Phoenix splash, which is really cool. And that's like it. And like, I do really like, like the sting match where, you know, he sent sting to AEW six years later. Um, but man, it, it, like, I, I just don't get like the Seth is a suit. Like Chris, did you watch the edge and Seth Rollins match from Saudi Arabia? The hell in a cell match. Funnily enough. Uh, I did a little it, was bit it, of it. Was it good? I will say it was better than the other Seth Rollins edge matches. Because I watched the match they had at SummerSlam. Yeah. It had been SummerSlam. I, I, I like, I'm watching this. I'm like, man, like, and I loved Edge as a kid, but like Edge coming back and like just thinking he has to be a work rate machine and can only work 25 minute plus matches. Yeah, it's bizarre. Not good. It's not good. like it, like like I, I'm I'm so glad he was able to come back and wrestle again. I, that's not what I want him doing. That's yeah. not what I want any. Like I mean, if they were doing that with Christian, I wouldn't want Christian to do that. Like in AEW or anybody that I don't want Sting to become this work rate machine. Although I think it'd be kind of sick to see Sting go like 25 minutes with like Hobbs, but I just think that'd be funny. <laughs> But I don't know. But CM, CM Punk has the right idea in all of his return matches are just like Bret Hart TV matches. Yeah. And like sometimes Bret Hart pay-per-view matches too. And like there's a little bit of Hart, like Bret versus Owens in some of the matches. But uh, like that's how I want older guys returning like that to wrestle yeah especially when they've been gone for as long as like a punk or an edge like that's what i want to happen like danielson's a little different because i i forget that danielson's as old as he is yeah and he's but he's a different case he's also like the best wrestler ever born in america so <laughs> yeah he i mean he's had his issues but he's also like he wasn't that like his retirement wasn't that long. Yeah. It was two and a half years. It still happened like when he was young enough to come back and like jump into the pool and get back to working full time, which like edge isn't working full time. He's like a few handful of matches, but he's every time it has to be, it has to be an epic. Yeah. Like he, he has not worked a non epic yet. And like, I like the funnily enough, I like the WrestleMania match with Reigns and Dan and Brian. Yeah, that's his, that's the best match, uh, of Edge's comeback. Oh, yeah, like easy with the bullet. I think it's still probably one of my favorite matches of the year, like because it's so weird, but yeah. Uh, back to the theme, we need to go. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, we must visit Saudi Arabia to see the fiend's crowning achievement. <laughs> Of winning uh, the belt off of Seth in a, I think it was billed as a no holds barred full false count anywhere match, which yes. I get, which is weird because they only bill it as. Okay, I think there was one today. Uh, we're recording this on the day of the 2021 version of Crown Jewel, uh, so not too far in advance. Uh, but th they always bill the fall count anywhere matches in Saudi Arabia at as also no holds barred which I don't get, but I, 
I don't know. But this match is actually not bad. Yeah, I. It's still long. It's oh yeah, it's long I, as shit. I, it's way longer than I want it to be. It's not mm-hmm. the longest feeling, uh, fiend match. Even though it is the longest fiend match from the looks of it, um, but like it's perfectly fine for, especially in comparison to the last match, and it does get kind of goofy. But this is loads better. Than the yeah, how like, match. Like the finish is like so. The finish is like the fiend gets curb stomped like a dozen times, like on the on the ramp, and then Seth pushes him into like this. I don't even know what you want to call it. It's like the like the suitcases they keep all the electrical equipment in, but there's a hole in the middle of them. Seth pushes him into this hole for whatever reason. It explodes and catches on fire. So Seth goes down there and tries to dig out the fiend. Well, it sparks and Seth is blinded. And then the fiend comes out of the pit and <laughs> mandible claw and sister Abigail. Somebody wins. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment. And I mean, it, like, it's kind of really, <laughs> it's really funny because like, I feel like when that happened in like the Ambrose match where, uh, Dean had like the TV monitor and it like sparked and blinded him. And like, they just did that finish again, but for the fiend is yeah. like, it's really funny. Spooky electricity. Yeah. Like it's just like a part of Bray, like Bray's overall canon is that for some reason he can make the electrical equipment malfunction. It's really funny. I mean, eventually he did steal Undertaker's lightning powers. Maybe I guess that, that comes, it, maybe that, that comes into play. Yeah, I guess that technically is true. Uh, it is a shame that the Fiend and Undertaker never crossed. Oh, absolutely! That would have been a dream match. Like, <laughs> we'll get to it in a little bit, but the two the two great uh, cinematic matches happening on the on the same weekend uh, with the fiend, the fiend firefly Funhouse match and uh, the graveyard call <laughs> the boneyard match. Yeah. The boneyard match. Yeah. It really is a, a shame. They never got the cross pass and maybe even did like a, a collab, a firefly boneyard. match. <laughs> yeah. It, it sucks that they fired Bray because maybe the fiend could have been in that new day versus the undertaker Netflix special. Yeah. Or maybe the fiend could have introduced Pitbull and in beautiful. Oh, Arabia. that would have been sick. <laughs> beautiful. Sorry, Arabia. Mr. How Worldwide. You... Yowie. Wowie. <laughs> Just voice. You know him as Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> he is Mr. 305. <laughs> God, I I watched that probably 15 times last night. It's so good because like he's in full Undertaker. I don't get it. He's in full Undertaker garb. Didn't even show up on Crown Jewel, but they flew his fucking ass out to Saudi for Arabia for pit fucking bull. I do you think he made over a million dollars? Oh, he made well over a million dollars for that. I, I wonder how much he made. I would love to know. I, I wonder if they gave him something like absurd, like $10 million. 
man. WWE paydays for like their guys that can't move anymore always fascinates oh, me. So- and Saudi paydays too. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what I'm talking about, like the Saudi paydays. Because I was watching Crown Jewel 2019 and I forgot like everything they ran on the show. They ran a Team Hogan versus Team Flair match. Oh yeah. And uh I, I'm like, I wonder how much they they paid Flair and Hogan just just to use the names and like show up. Like I wonder how much they paid them. Oh, man. Just it shows how time flies. When you're having fun and beautiful Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. That's right. God. Uh, <laughs> so we move from Crown Jewel, and I, we kind of touched on it earlier. The Fiend then sets his target on like a a tweener, Daniel Bryan. I could not tell you what Daniel Bryan was doing in the summer of 2019. I, I know the Kofi match at WrestleMania, which is like a, a legitimate classic to me. Um. I could not tell you what Danielson was doing in the summer of 19 though. Uh, like pr- he... prior to this, cause this is survivor series. So we're in November. So I, I don't know what he was doing from April to November. He was still tagging with Rowan. Really? See, I don't even remember that. Yeah. He was tagging with Rowan. Looks like he was not, much before the fiend feud man that's because <laughs> he was still working like kofi on house shows oh really okay i guess that makes a lot of sense then that because i mean i i would try to do like a catch-up of danielson matches at the end of the year and i like can't remember what i would have watched from from him and during that time span but anyways we move on to the survivor series match these are the kind of matches the fiend should work because this match went like 11 minutes. And it's like, I mean, granted, he's in there with, you know, yeah, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. But like, I, I, it's not like Daniel Bryan can like physically make like the way his opponent moves better. Yeah. And like the, the Fiend moves better in this match. And it's like, seems more. And again, I get he's in there with like one of the best of all time. But it, the Fiend comes across more Fiend in this match and like if this is the fiend we always got oh my god <laughs> yeah he would have he would have continued to be in it like the hottest part of the show yeah because he is still again we were i mean the fiend has been around at this point for seven months if we if we want to count like the teaser for uh like the initial firefly funhouse promos and it's still one of the hottest things on the show we didn't touch on it but the fiend was incredibly over in saudi arabia <laughs> Oh yeah, like probably maybe the most over person on that show, uh, because I, I was I was like scanning through just to see like just to for a comparison point and all like it's crazy to me that how over the fiend was on all these shows, even the shows in the in the U.S. or SummerSlam was in Toronto. He was like he was over everywhere. Yeah, I he was definitely. Like, I think he was more over than like Tyson Fury and Kane Velasquez. Oh, like, that was that show. De- yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Because that Crown Jewel they ran Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman, and the opener was Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Great and match. He- Great two minute match. Yeah, and the Fiend is more over than all of them. 
which is like shocking and it sounds like a bit especially if you only know the fiend as a bit it's not though like the fiend is easily more over than all four of them especially like brock at the time was like really hitting his like decline as being like a super over act in my opinion um yeah people still love his matches but like from a crowd perspective um but he was like easily more over than brock and i'll fight anybody that says otherwise i mean the fiend the fiend is better than brock yeah (laughs) a real shame we never saw the fiend and brock i'd like to see Brock survived the fiend mallet. I I mean, fiend mallet to the junk. We know that's his weakness. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he could handle it. I mean, I I just I, I don't think Brock could handle one swing mallet. I just I just don't think it happened. I want to see the fiend with the fiend mallet against Okada with the Buster Blade that he had at that one rest or Wrestle Kingdom with the dinosaur. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I I think I do. There there was a Wrestle Kingdom. I don't remember which Wrestle Kingdom it was. Okada comes out. There was like a hologram dinosaur, or maybe it was like an animatronic dinosaur. That makes more sense. And Okada had a Buster Blade. Like it's, it was literally it, like they didn't call it the Buster Blade, but it was the fucking Buster Blade. Uh, so I would like I would like to see that. Yeah. I would like uh, the fiend to prove he's a better worker than Okada. It definitely moves better. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> definitely for sure. But I mean, the, like the Danielson match is definitely like what the fiend should have been doing is like working these 10 minute matches. Um, yeah, this is, this is probably the best straight up match, not cinematic match. Y- yes. I, I was about, I was about to say, from an in-ring perspective, this is like the pinnacle of the fiend. But it's really good. Like, I mean, it like I, I reckon if you watch anything from the show, go watch the fiend versus Daniel Bryan match at Survivor Series because it's it's actually pretty good. Then uh, we get a Muscle Man Dance Part Two, which I prior the Thanksgiving to, Muscle Man Dance, yeah the the Thanksgiving edition of the Muscle Man Dance, I did not even know existed until I watched it yesterday. Uh, but also it's so funny because half of the, like the promo we see from the perspective of the camera watching Daniel Bryan watch the TV. So like you don't even get like you can't even like pull anything from it because it's like I mean there's like a whole thing at one point like tw- maybe thirty seconds of Danielson just watching the TV and the cameras on Danielson watching the TV as opposed to the the video feed of Firefly Funhouse they they loved showing other people watching firefly funhouse yes like even even in the thunderdome they would like pan to these vignettes showing on like the jumbotron yeah and you're just watching like people on computer screens watching something in an empty arena very bizarre yeah and so and like another like i noticed that too with like the first fiend promos where it was the fiend like you know doing the firefly funhouse stuff and it would cut to like a camera of just just the crowd like the crowd backs turned to the camera watching the screen 
It's it's like the most bizarre production choice I've. I mean, don't get me love, wrong. Love Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn is a, an insane human being. To put it nicely, it's just I, I don't I don't understand why you need that shot. Like I don't I don't get why that's like the thing they need is like you know what we just really we got to show that the crowd is invested in the character. So we need to show the crowd watching the TV from their seats. Like it, it makes no sense. And like it, it's definitely some WWE brain bullshit. Yeah, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I do. I do love this vignette. We we got a little bit longer muscle man dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, it's themed around the ancient battle between the reptilians and the muscle men. Yeah, which because Bray says like that's actually what Thanksgiving's not about the pilgrims and the native like Native Americans. It's about the reptilians and musclemen fighting. So it's okay to celebrate Thanksgiving, which is weird. I mean, (laughs) definitely the most bizarre like tangent the fiend universe goes to. Yeah, and they and they mention like reptilians like several more times. Like the reptilians are mentioned like even up until like the WrestleMania stuff with Cena. Yeah, I guess Bo probably sent Bray some uh, podcasts and. Yeah, I can see it. Do you think? Okay, do you think the Fiend listens to the Joe, the Fiend, not Bray Wyatt? Do you think the Fiend listens to the Joe Rogan experience? Absolutely. <laughs> Did you think? Uh, because I, I didn't know that I got an ad the other, I was watching a YouTube video and I got an ad for the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, and it was undertaker on there. And I was thinking, I was like, why, why couldn't this have been the fiend on the Joe Rogan experience? The fiend lighting up a joint with Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's twisted oh man that is twisted just the fiend in full like brave voice just going yowie wowie joey <laughs> some lighting a doink with the fiend on the joe rogan experience man what a what a concept But uh, wowie, wowie, this is dank. <laughs> but Chris, and then we move on. So I forgot about this match at TLC 2019. Oh, you, we- I, I know we should move things along, but you are forgetting that the same episode as Muscle Man Dance Part Two. Yes, we are introduced. So Bray Wyatt has his own version of the WWE title. Uh, which is blue because he's on SmackDown. Yes. So they introduced that a few weeks earlier, but also he introduces that the Fiend has his own belt. Yes. And the, the f- instead of like a gold plate, it's like a rubber Fiend head. Yes. I and I remember because the belt is just hideous. I mean, I mean, I get what they were going for, and for what they were going for, it's perfect. Oh yeah, it is. It is beautiful. It uh, it comes as an accessory to the for the fiend action figure. So I'm I'm a huge fan that I have that. Um, have you ever thought about buying the replica? Can you still buy the replica of it of the fiend belt? I'm sure. I'm they 
definitely don't sell it on the shop. Because they did I, at one point sell it on the shop. They, yeah, I am going to look on eBay right now. Because it was like, it was pr- like a pretty absurd price. Because it was done by like an actual like horror cosmetic artist guy. If I don't, if I remember correctly, yeah, so it was it like was, a, a six or an eight hundred dollar belt. It was an insane price. Yeah, like it was a crazy number that I remember like pretty much was all Twitter talked about that day. It was like, Oh my God, why is this replica fiend belt $800 or however much it was? So I, I don't know if these are legit. I would have to look into certificates of authenticity. Uh, uh no, if he doesn't have those, you just have to believe these are going for like three ninety nine, five ninety nine on eBay. One person is asking $1,000 or best offer. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Chris, make them an offer right now. Twenty-five dollars. A thousand dollars? Why do they think their fiend belt is worth a thousand dollars? It's eBay. A lot of people just don't know what things man cost. I just love the idea of somebody like buying a fiend belt and then like less than two years later turning around and be like, I gotta get this money back. But I think it's worth more now. A <laughs> thousand fucking dollars. Oh my god. Uh but yeah, he he wrestles the Miz at TLC. It's really there's nothing really to talk about. It's a six minute match. Isn't the point of the match though? It was like Bray kept telling the Miz that he wasn't good enough for the Fiend or something. Am I yeah. misremembering that? I did I this is one thing I skipped because I was just like I I'm watching the Fiend. I'm not watching Bray. It's weird because like Miz is kind of almost is kind of a baby face. Like the Fiend. The Fiend, like, goes, like, they interview the Miz in his house, and he's interrupted by Maurice because on, like, their baby monitor, they see, uh, like, their baby playing with Ramblin' Rabbit. Uh, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, like, and then, like, a Fiend doll appears with Miz and Maurice's baby, and they, like throw throw the doll like out the window or something and like kick everyone out of the house okay yeah that's pretty sick i kind of wish i yeah <laughs> would have dug into that it's crazy uh, uh you think the fiend can make it on dancing with the stars absolutely uh, do you think the fiend would have done a full uh genie from aladdin uh cosplay like the miss um I don't think so. I think he he would go for something far more twisted. He could have been a uh, oh my god, what's the guy's name from a nightmare before Christmas? Freddy Krueger. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had I've had a couple beers. <laughs> you said I heard nightmare and I was like, oh Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Jeff Skellington. <laughs> no, I'm not even Oogie Boogie? Shit, the guy? Oh my god. The the main villain. Oogie Boogie? Yeah, Oogie Boogie. Okay, he could have been Oogie Boogie. <laughs> Freddy fucking Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been Freddy Krueger. I mean, yeah, I guess technically he could have been. I guess in a own sick, almost Lynchian way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, fiend is, the Fiend is the Freddy Krueger of the WWE Universe. Because he can't. David Lynch movie. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. 
yeah yeah it's it's lynch it's like if you combine oh man like the great like you combine <laughs> your cronenbergs you take a little bit of freddy krueger and then imagine it's like twin peaks and you have the fiend a dash and- of dario argento <laughs> and, and just a t- tiny little bit m night Shyamalan. um because uh the, the the fiend does have very uh, spooky powers you don't see coming uh but before we get to like this next stretch we're about to cover is what i consider uh i've dubbed it peak fiend yeah uh from about from let's say january 2020 uh i would say is peak fiend because again now i get uh, like a lot of this like we, we really lost out on like the crowd reacting to the fiend because the fiend at the start of 2020 is still incredibly over like still one of the most overacts on the show by a significant margin yeah because i mean he's still the champ he's having He's like destroying the Miz and Finn Balor, or he's having good matches with Daniel Bryan, or he's and like they're not faulting the Fiend for like the failure of the Hell in a Cell match. The fans are, st- yeah, the fans are still behind him, yeah, uh, which is like because I, th- I think most of the people in our circle like saw that Hell in a Cell match and was like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> Like I don't I don't know if any of us were ever like super mad about it, but yeah, we just I mean it's just it was, it was it's funny. an atrocious I forget, yeah. I forget what which of the Rollins matches it was. If it was the first Hell in a Cell match or if it was the Crown Jewel match that Chris and Kevin Bad Rest po- Podcast were live like literally had live reactions to one of these matches. Mm-hmm. It was like fascinating audio, just hearing in real time. Like <laughs> the fiend is still a new concept, and hearing these guys react to like what is these insane things happening live. Man, the the first year, the first whole year of the fiend, I, like I would say, is like t- t- like top tier entertainment. Yeah, for it's sure. great. It's it's fascinating. Um, so we start 2020 off. I kind of want to like go through 2020 stuff because like we've at this rate, this is going to be a fucking six hour podcast. Yeah, we can we can team. speed it up. <laughs> so like he wrestles Brian at the Rumble uh, to to open up 2020. This is another match I did not make time for because I was trying to get as much different stuff in as possible. Over overall, it's better regarded than the Survivor Series match. It's a strap match. Um, oh it's the strap match okay i've actually seen this match yeah it's it's overall better received i think but i prefer the survivor survivor series yeah the survivor series match is like really like again and you can't go wrong like watching any daniel bryan match in my opinion yeah both um both are worthwhile matches yeah but chris up next we have in my opinion one of the crowning my friends still think I bit when I say that I legitimately adore this match. February 27th, 2020, Super Showdown, The Fiend versus Bill Goldberg. <laughs> I, I love this match. 
because I mean, Goldberg always hits right. Old man yes. Goldberg rules everyone. Anyone who says old man Goldberg sucks is a liar. They have no taste. They're a complete pleb. Like, yes. I'm sorry. Goldberg is so sick. And like the Lashley match today was great. I don't care. I love Goldberg. I like I'm, I like I'm, the Lashley match. I'm sorry that he had to kill the fiend like this, but so this match too, oh God, because I remember at the time I don't know what it was, but it it looked like Bray had gained like it, it was just the way it was shot because he wasn't any bigger, but the way it was shot, it looked like Bray had gained like a hundred pounds before this match. So people like on Twitter at the time were like, "Oh my God, he's sandbagging Goldberg!" And oh, yeah. the, feed, the feed's not cooperating. <laughs> it was it's so good because like the jackhammer is like literally just like a suplex because like Goldberg can't get him up. It's so freaking good. I love it so much. This match holds a special place in my heart because it's two very specific time periods in wrestling. And like, if they did not wrestle here, they never would have got to wrestle each other. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it happened. It, it it's beautiful. You do you sincerely love to see it. So, Chris, I I want you to touch on this next point that we have here. Uh, the note says Lynchian Bray promo on Cena. <laughs> yeah. So this is the this is when the word Lynchian in regards to the fiend got out of control. Yes. Because uh, so after the Saudi Arabia show. Uh, first Raw, they bring out John Cena, and they still they still have fans for a little bit. John Cena, yeah, they, they announces, have a, they have fans for like a week. John Cena announces that he is what does he have planned for WrestleMania? He's making an announcement, and he's basically saying, "I'm not going to be part of this WrestleMania. I'm going to let the guys who have been around work WrestleMania." Uh, and then he is attacked by the fiend. Yes. Uh, and so the fiend goads John Cena into a match. And so for this on, well, I get the date, right? March 13th, 2020, the first no fans raw. Is it, is it raw or SmackDown? Is this, I think it's SmackDown. Oh yeah. You're because I think it's you the show right. with uh, Triple H and Michael Cole on commentary. Yeah, so I forget he was on SmackDown at this time. Yeah. Uh, John Cena is giving a promo to an audience of empty chairs uh, because they hadn't done the Thunderdome. This is literally the first like show they've run since things shut down. They can't. Yeah, this is in the performance center. If I'm not mistaken, this is in the performance center. Yeah. And so it's just this bizarre monologue that John Cena has, even though there aren't fans there. And then Bray interrupts and cuts up. It's really not that much different from like a normal Bray Wyatt, like promo, except he's wearing, a sweater and there are puppets around too. Yeah. The, 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 the guy, the puppets are like in the seats. Yeah. And so he's just monologuing to just really the cameras, even though they kind of are giving promos, like there is actually a crowd. Yeah. And like, it's 
the at the time it was an extremely bizarre thing but like there were people on twitter who are just like this is this is what wrestling should be while no one can be in the crowd because it's just off the wall and weird and i love the fiend but it's just like oh this is this is super lynchian and because like anything that's bizarre weird as we've been saying is lynchian yeah of course Uh, and like so i just had to like in the build-up to the firefly funhouse i had to single out that promo because first off it really is just a bizarre look into no fans wwe a thing mm-hmm. that should never be revisited oh my no there there is absolutely no point to rewatch any wwe from the last but besides maybe the cinematic matches out of the last 18 months there there's no reason for it yeah like anything without that thunderstorms even the thunderdome stuff is atrocious yeah like we're we're going to be able to speed up the end because like there's a lot to say about the john cena match yes but after that it really falls off it really falls off the cliff because like at this point and this is like more wwe's fault because at this point they're like oh fuck i guess COVID's going to be around for a while uh we have no idea what to do for any show (laughs) yeah they're just spinning the wheels like roman will be back in a few months but he's still at home yeah because roman doesn't come back till after SummerSlam. Yeah, so I think I think he comes back for the match with the fiend. Yeah, like I think that's that that it's definitely his first match back. And it's just we'll we'll touch on it. But anyways, I do want to talk about uh a little bit, and this will probably be like our last like longer segment, is the Firefly Funhouse match, the Fiend versus John Cena. Cause this was actually I watched it yesterday and then I had it on in the background again today. I still think this is like maybe my favorite thing of wrestling last year it's not it's not a great match it's not even a good match but like it's not a match it's yeah it's not it's, it's exactly it's not a match there's no like in ring work really but as a concept uh chris dare i say very lynchian uh, <laughs> I, yeah i mean it uh, the fiend brings John Cena into his world and it gets back into the very introspective thing that we were talking about in the early days of the fiend. It's touches on John Cena and Bray Wyatt's careers, like as they've intertwined and as they haven't, it's yeah, like it is really fascinating. Cause it like, it gets not into uh, Bray Wyatt's insecurities, but John Cena's like the fiend yeah. taunts him by singing Nikki Bella's theme song and stuff like that. Like, so like the first part of the match is, is or uh, the segment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, John comes out and like his debut attire, like for the match against Kurt Angle and Bray is cutting the Kurt Angle promo and then w- when John goes for the slap, Bray keeps dodging it, and there's like these Looney Tune sound effects over it. And then Bray starts singing and dancing. You can the Bella theme, the Bella Twins theme, and it's just like 
oh my god like it me like it immediately hooks you because it's so i mean it's so different than anything wwe does like and like they're both taking shots at each other like how i mean bray's calling out like cena's insecurities is like oh if this doesn't work john you're gonna get fired and like all this shit and which again is kind of interesting when you look at the perspective of like when the fiend came he he was the self-conscious one but now he's like literally because they like talk about how uh bray is taking john through his, like his worst like uh or most embarrassing moments uh and like working on john's insecure it's i it, i think it's really smart <laughs> like, yeah it's I, I mean it's the rare thing in wwe a company that like notorious talk, for fucking things up well <laughs> they love acknowledging their history without actually acknowledging the history yeah like they love talking about old stuff when it's convenient yes. but they like on the overall week-to-week -week shows they're not acknowledging like for the most part the continue continued storylines the quote-unquote long-term storytelling type stuff that people on the internet complain about uh yeah. so like to have this match that goes not in not into just the history between these two workers but like has random nods to like saturday night main event and nwo and that kind of stuff it's and, and, just yeah refreshing and, and bray and cena cutting the promo together <laughs> and cena cutting like the supercut of all these great promos you know talking about cream doesn't rise to the top and talking about is like oh the fans are paying for the full seat but they're only going to use the edge and all and uh, like it's extremely good shit and cena the whole time is like lifting like doing curls and yeah. like, is doing like a ton of curls and then at the end his arms are dead and bray <laughs> attacks him because cena can't use his arms yeah it's so good and, and the smackdown fist is there which is always like a huge like pop for me because i love the smackdown fist uh and cena does like a rap i mean it, like it, i i exactly what you said like it's wwe like because wwe just doesn't touch on their history at all like they they treat it like every week it's the it's a the same people watch it every week so there's no reason to talk about their history which i guess is like kind of true but like for an for a new fan to get into wwe and if you want to actually look back at the history of it there's no way you can do that like just watching the product because WWE ref usually refuses to acknowledge anything from like three months prior. Like they'll talk about like, Oh, Charlotte is the most decorated women's champion of all time, but they won't tell you how exactly she got there or how she lost it all. And yeah. it, it, it's like the fiend. And that's why I think the fiend Cena firefly Funhouse match works really well is because I mean, it, it's pretty much like a, sort of like a celebration of Cena's, you know, near 20 years in wrestling and like, but also like touches on, like you said, their history together because they literally redo a spot from their WrestleMania match yeah, prior. The chair, the chair shot. Yeah. The chair shot where, and Bray is in like his Wyatt family attire as like, Oh John, you should have taken the shot. And it's act like, I mean, I, me talking about this is not doing it justice. 
of like how not cheesy because i mean it's wrestling there's only so not cheesy you can make it sound but it is like really well done like i like i, I remember at the time i was really high on it but after re-watching it and then like watching it again today even like it it still holds up and it's still like maybe even my favorite cinematic match if we even want to call it that yeah yeah i still prefer some other like cinematic stuff but it's definitely up there and like it it holds up yeah it, i mean it holds up extremely well and then like talking in the lens of like wwe covid stuff i don't know what's better like inter more entertaining than this yeah i mean it, very few things yeah, like they, they don't have much. And like this is definitely like a bright spot. Cause like at the time, you know, you're watching this and it's like two weeks after they close, you're like, well shit, if they do like stuff like this more often, that would be pretty cool. And then they just like they don't they didn't. <laughs> I mean they they do the swamp fight. Yeah, they do the swamp fight. Uh and I guess they do like the money in the bank match where like people are getting thrown off of fucking uh but that's like it. <laughs> Like as far as like different and interesting stuff they could have tried out, they just they stop. But yeah, Fire, Firefly Funhouse match, hot like if you watch anything from this, you if I could recommend you matches to watch from this, watch the Daniel Bryan stuff, watch the Goldberg match, and watch Firefly Funhouse. That is quintessential theme to me. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he has a completely terrible feud with Braun Strowman. Yes. Uh, don't watch any of that. No. Please don't rewatch any of that. The only like important thing to Fiend lore that happens in that time is that like that's when Bray Wyatt like has the dark seduction of Alexa Bliss, who has a history with Braun Strowman. They we're in the like, mix mixed... match challenge yeah and uh, but like oh bray kind of like kidnaps alexa and starts to brainwash her and it's not good no I, I, what do you think of uh the horror show at extreme rules the the swamp five i i thought at the time it was kind of like because i was watching like i was still invested at the time in bray and the fiend at the time i was like oh that's not great but it's fun kind of mm -hmm. but now any all of the braun Strowman stuff i was completely like blank faced rewatching. it was awful yeah, it's it's like it's bad stuff. Like it's like I watched the swamp fight. I think the swamp fight was actually the last thing I watched. And I'm like watching it and I'm sitting there and my fiance comes in. She goes, What the fuck are you watching? I go, it's <laughs> I go, it's podcast prep, I swear. <laughs> like and she's just like she's like, What 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 are you talking about on the on the podcast? And then I, I had to try to explain to her the whole concept with the fiend, which didn't go over well. Um <laughs> But it's just, it's like, it's one of those things, but like, really like, and I don't get like, like she walks in, like I can like be watching anime and she'll be like, oh, what's that? I don't get embarrassed with that. I got embarrassed with this because it's so fucking bad. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I was just like, uh, I was like, I don't know. And like, this is the person I'm going to marry in like three weeks. I'm just like, uh, I really wish you wouldn't have came in while I was watching. Like, I felt ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> but like all, all of the fiend stuff and like, and Chris, I, I don't know if you agree with me here, but the fiend to me dies, uh, with the Roman Reigns comeback and Roman Reigns winning the title. Cause I think that's where like, and like, obviously we still have fiend stuff after that, but like, that's where like the whole, the fiend character to me dies. So like the, I can see that, but at the same time, the, like I don't like that Alexa became such a prominent part of the of the act. Yes, but some of the 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 stuff in the Orton feud is just too wild to not talk about. Like the uh, Inferno match that he has. Yes, with Orton. Yeah, I, I, the I mean, yeah, the... dies. The Fiend dies in that match. Yeah, the Fiend actually legitimately is murdered. He is set on fire multiple times mm-hmm. by randy orton and then it's is there a pinfall in that match am i misremembering i don't think there i don't think there's actual i think it ends with him getting set on fire okay like there's no pin okay i i couldn't i was trying to remember in my head i i watched some stuff out of order uh because because I, I hadn't seen the orton stuff and i was trying to remember if there was a pinfall for some reason because I'm thinking there was a match recently with fire in it that oh I'm thinking of the the great Muda you know match I'm not <laughs> I'm not even in the right company very, very similar <laughs> a lot of people would say uh, the fiend uh, and great Muda are a lot alike really uh, and by a lot of people would say that I would say that I would say um, that I would put them on the same level as workers yeah I I would say great Muda very Lynchian. Uh, the fiend, very Lynchian. Um, yeah, just two very Lynchian, David Lynch esque Lynchian wrestlers. Yeah, it's a lot like uh, Mahalan Drive. It's a lot like Blue Velvet. It's a lot. Yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of Dune vibes watching. The I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't expect this episode to be a total shit post, um, but I'm with it. I so yeah. I can I can just kind of wrap wrap up the saga of the fiend. He returns at Fastlane in a weird intergender match uh, between Orton and Alexa Bliss, uh, where the fiend returns from hell and he's super charred. And I was watching. It looks amazing. I was watching that match in a group call and we were going insane that the new fiend dropped. Like, <laughs> yes, that was all our group chat could type for the next like hour was that the new fiend just dropped. Uh, and then they kill it. Like they kill him again. Well, they don't kill him. Uh, he has a match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. It's fine and then alexa bliss shows up on top of a box with black ooze all over her and And like throws up black ooze right yeah yeah and then randy orton rkos him 
Yeah, just and, a singular RKO. And then that's the end. And yep. the next day, Bray Wyatt cuts a promo on Raw saying that he's excited for the next chapter. Alexa Bliss, Bliss says he's she's done with The Fiend. And a few months later, Bray Wyatt gets fired. Yeah. It's, it's a real anticlimactic ending to to the fiend yeah it's but, it sucks it's very in line with what wwe has done with bray wyatt throughout his career yeah throughout his entire career Just i mean it really the worst is. possible payoffs to his angles mm-hmm. uh he deserves better I was mad at the Mania match that he doesn't wrestle as the charred fiend. It's just the regular fiend again. Yeah, it's regular fiend. He'd have the burning fiend costume again. That sucks. It, like, as someone who has watched 148 videos of the fiend, watched all of his matches, I unironically enjoy Bray Wyatt and the fiend. It's not a bit, I enjoy it. Uh, I'm not a guilty pleasure guy. Uh, it's it sucks the way it ended. Yeah, like it, like it. I mean, we're because we're completely serious when we say like the fiend stuff was incredibly hot, and I mean the entire time they had crowds. Yeah, really. Was, like the fiend stuff always was over. always over. Like one of the most overacts on the show. For the most, I mean, a lot of people remember you know the Hell in a Cell match with Seth like just because it was so fucking bizarre but the fiend for the most part had like pretty decent matches i mean but i mean you know in there with like if he's not in there with danielson he was squashing you know working squash and then like the cena stuff was good and then like the bronze stuff it just takes a nosedive yeah and then when when roman comes back and essentially i mean and i love roman do not get me wrong love roman love the current character that Roman is, but like the Roman stuff just like to me killed it dead in the water. Yeah. At at that time, the show became Roman's show and I'm not a huge fan of this Roman run, but I don't need to get into that. Yeah. Uh, That's another podcast for another day. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the fiend. That's his career. There's obviously other stuff we could have talked about. 140 promos that I didn't list on the Google Doc. Uh, And there's like a Kevin Owens feud that I completely forgot about. He wrestles, I think he wrestles The Miz a few times on SmackDown, but none of that's essential. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not, I actually forgot about the Kevin Owens thing. Uh, Yeah. Everyone, (laughs) no, no one remembers. It was like one month they had a match, the Fiend one. It was whatever. This is. Like, this is quintessential fiend. But I wonder how many times we've said fiend on this podcast. A lot. I <laughs> I hope someone who is listening, if anyone has continued listening after an hour and a half of fiend talk, if uh, someone has counted every time we've said fiend. We said fiend or lynchian. We, I mean, lynchian would be a lot easier to count, cause, but fiend, we have to be in triple digits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would imagine. Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for a compiling the essential fiend list and B, uh, coming on and wanting to talk about the fiend for an hour and 40 minutes and counting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I am so happy you were willing to have me to do this 
completely insane thing that we just did. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, hit me with some plugs. What what do you got coming up? Uh, so uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter, my at is at Fight Haskins. Uh, right now, I'm gearing up for the Chris 100. Woo! Hashtag the Chris 100. Uh, it is my wrestler of the year poll that I run. It is the spiritual successor to the We Don't Know Wrestling 100. I took the reins uh, from Sam after he stepped away from that because I wanted to do a list. Uh, I'll have more details up in the next few months. Uh, but if you follow me on Twitter uh, or you don't, but eventually want to take part in this list uh all of the announcements i'll have in like my pinned tweets uh so you can you can vote uh vote for your top 50 or 100 wrestlers of the year based completely on in ring work i'm real excited about it the first year that i did it went really well and it was a ton of fun uh and i'm excited to build on that going uh into the winter yeah, and I would definitely say this year as a whole has been a lot more entertaining for for wrestling. So it's like absolutely. So like I think I think this year is going to be like a drastically different list than last year, which is like also pretty exciting. Also, I've uh, I've I've officially made my first draft of my uh, the Chris 100 list. Beautiful. That's what I love to hear. I, I have a working top 100. So if any if nothing else, you will get that list. But that's uh, that's great. I I love like i don't care what you watch uh like the current voter base i'm very happy with because we watch such a diverse amount of stuff yeah uh, because we got like ohio de fishman and wotan in the top 100 the number one wrestler of the year uh was go shizaki uh so you get a lot of guaranteed like, different number one this year <laughs> yeah unless you really love those three months of go before he got hurt yeah uh, but yeah i mean like a lot of different people with different tastes voted for it we got some people who were heavy on joshi representation heavy on mm -hmm. lucha representation people who with without wwe or aew ballots like there is a huge variety in the names that we saw and i'm excited to grow that this uh this year because i think it is just a super fun way to get into new wrestlers yeah i i think it's a good i think making a list like that is a great way to like cap off like the year that was wrestling for so like 2021 i think there's nothing else you could do like cap off, do a list of wrestlers, list of matches. Uh, and one thing I like about your list and like, I, I know you say you take from the, we don't know wrestling 100, which, and I think Sam will admit to this takes from the WKO 100 yeah. from years ago. And I, my favorite part about reading those old WKO lists, like even, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago at this point was like always like the essential matches or like the recommended matches section. And that's why I like one thing that carry over for your list and what Sam did with his list is that it, like 
one through 100, you're going to have like recommended matches to watch for those guys and, or, you know, wrestlers. So I, I, as a fan, always appreciate that. And I think it is a really cool way to get like, what is our bubbles kind of perspective on the year that was wrestling. I think you could have asked for like a more diverse list. Yeah, it was, it was, I was so happy with the results, not just because a lot of my favorite wrestlers made it towards the top, uh, but because we got a lot of killer representation. And it will mm-hmm. look a lot different this year, first of all. Uh, I didn't allow even allow ballots of 100 last year mm-hmm. uh, because nobody had a list of 100 wrestlers from 2020. Uh, yeah. But now, like, you'll be able to vote a ballot of 100 if you would so choose uh and like there there's still because of AEW because of uh New Japan's having kind of a crisis so like people are watching more different stuff I feel yeah. and Shibata's back and so Shibata's it, back he'll he'll definitely make my list even if he only just did that one grappling match this year like he he may be my 100 my my 100 right now is gave the clown so oh that's pretty sick well um you can follow me on twitter at tanner1495 you can follow the show on twitter at the late takes uh if you're listening to this thank you drop us a review a like a subscription helps us out tremendously on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast anchor all those different rss uh services where you listen to podcasts helps us out tremendously um if you have a suggestion for you know somebody to come on the show or a place for me to eat at for the late takeout or a special you want to listen to let me know i'm always open to new ideas i have a google sheet google doc literally pages and pages and sheets and sheets of ideas and i actually literally have the podcast scheduled out till next august at this point, but you know, shit changes. Uh, and I would love to hear what people would like to listen to. So you can, you know, tweet at me, DM me, DM the podcast, Twitter, but it helps out tremendously. And, uh, other than that, I think that's the show, Chris, I think that's been the fiend. That was the fiend. <laughs>